Hello and welcome to the ETOF21 Sports Podcast. My name is Eric. I'm the man behind ETOF21 Sports. You can find my work at ETOF21 Sports on Twitter for everything. Sports betting, hot takes, draft rants, crazy stories. For Instagram, everything sports betting at ETOF21 Sports underscore. For daily hot takes, my five things from yesterday, fantasy football rankings, my draft rankings at etof 21 sports underscore fantasy and for horse racing at etof 21 sports underscore horse underscore racing how is everyone doing today for april 5th nice little week end of sports we had the women's final women's national championship game on sunday we had two final four games and we crushed the mlb betting wow great weekend if you remember, we cashed. Looking forward to staying hot, finishing hot, finishing with this national championship game tonight between Baylor and Gonzaga. Basically, today's show is just going to be really simple. I'll review the two Final Four games, give a little preview of my bet for the championship game, and I will review the women's championship game. So let's jump right on into it. We had two games on Saturday. The first game, Baylor against Houston. I told you guys Houston was a bluff. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be that guy, but I'm going to be that guy because there's a lot of people on the social media stuff that who and how are that about how good they are. How, if you know anything about betting and college basketball, could you have bet Houston? Serious question. Like a legit serious question. I laid out exactly why you shouldn't bet them. They always play these games first one to 60 wins. With the way Baylor plays offense and how explosive are they, there's no way in hell you're going to limit them to 60 points. Number two, Baylor is the best shooting three-point team in all, not the tournament, all of college basketball. Anytime someone makes any 10 or more three-pointers against Houston, they win. There's no way they're going to limit Baylor to 10 three-pointers. And Baylor's defense, they have three guys, three fucking guys that were all Big 12 defensive players. First team, first team. And you expect this Houston team, which is struggling to score against Syracuse, should have lost to Rutgers, struggling to score against Rutgers, struggling to score against Oregon State, going to be able to put up points against this Baylor team? Come on. I mean, let's just think. I mean, everyone likes to be crafty, taking the dog. I get it. I take a lot of dogs. But sometimes you have to lay a point. And this was a a case where you had to lay the points. We laid the points and we cashed the easiest minus four and a half ever. And I'm sorry, but if you took Houston plus five, or if you pay for somebody and they told you to take Houston plus five, that was awful capping, number one. And number two, if you're paying for that guy, you should, after your subscription ends up, move on. Because that was a god-awful bet. We only had one play in that game. Baylor minus the four and a half. Three-unit play. Not only the second three-unit play of the tournament. Easy cash winner. Next game, Heartbreak City for us. We had UCLA plus the nine for the first half. Easy winner. We had UCLA, Gonzaga, first half under. Yeah, fucking idiot, dude. Pace got a little out of hand. I did expect UCLA to play that fast, but they did. And, you know, missed that one. We had UCLA plus the 14 and a half. Easy winner. 
But this is the kicker. We had UCLA plus 790 and the second half under of 80. So Juznak drives, and he's got three dudes, three dudes wide open he could have dished it to, but he went to the rim. And I know it's hindsight's 2020. But the one thing that and you guys have heard me say it, say it, have it be on here or Gina Bacala's podcast. The one thing that good players do is when twos are drawn to them, they kick it to the open person. You got to make that pass. I mean, it was a charge. Timmy made a great play, slid over. It was great. It, it was phenomenal. Great play by Timmy. Right call, everything. But I'm just saying, he should have A pulled up or dished it to, who was it? Tiger Campbell was in the corner. Riley was underneath along the baseline. Or Jasquez was at on the uh, the wing. So, I mean, all three of those guys could have been a viable option or Usenet just simply pulling up from the elbow, but instead forced the drive. Now, I A, UCLA shot the ball lights out. They forced Gonzaga's bigs to come out, defend the pick and roll, got Timmy in foul trouble, and they did great isolation ball and they were very efficient in their offense. They didn't force any shots. And that's was how they were able to stay in the game. Timmy didn't play the full amount of time that he usually does just because they got him in foul trouble. And credit where credit is due. Gonzaga made plays when they had to. Um, that three-point shot from Suggs was insane. I mean, you know, banked it in, you know, whatever. But that's the thing where we need to remember this. So right now, Jalen Suggs walks down. I'm in Chicago, Norton. Walks down the street of Chicago's the street of Chicago. He's noticed because of that shot, because of what happened last night. Jalen Green, who went to the G League, going to be a phenomenal player in the league. Some are saying he has a chance to, you know, be in that Kobe conversation. Is anyone going to know who he is? So Jalen Green, don't get me wrong, going to have probably a good NBA career. Could be the best prospect in this year's class. But because Suggs decided to go and play in college basketball this year, he created, because of that moment, and even if he missed it because of his performance in the tournament, more endorsement opportunities pre-draft than Jalen Green did. And that's, that's one thing that I really don't think people are understanding. The notoriety. Like, if you're watching... I mean, honestly, who watched the fucking G League game? I didn't watch one. I'm a huge basketball head. I did not watch one G League game at all. I watched him before my scouting for the NBA draft, but I'm just being straight up. I did not watch one game. And if a hoop head like me, someone that invests money, wins money, gambling on NBA and college and women's basketball, didn't watch the G League, then who is actually watching it? Now, I get it. You get to go test your skills against older players, get NBA coaching, players that used to play in the NBA and whatnot. But some of these college kids that forwent that, they are passing up potential, earning potential by doing that. And that's the thing to remember. I'm not saying they're going to develop differently. Some of them may, some of them might. And don't get me wrong. Every I'm a coach. Every single player is different. And maybe for Green, it was better for him to go to the G League. My point is that those guys that went to the G League are losing out 
on endorsements right away and potential income. And one more quick thought about Jalen Suggs and the NBA process. I'm going to say this. Out of those guys, Cunningham, Mobley, Suggs, I really think Suggs is going to be the guy that transitions to the NBA the best out of those three. Now I'll tell you why. Mobley, insanely athletic, but dude, he got pumped by Timmy. You get a seasoned veteran with him down in the post, he's going to eat that kid alive. That kid, all the talent in the world, but he needs to learn the position, learn to play defense. Cade Cunningham, he can do all the right things. But what position is he really going to play? Is he going to be the point guard? I don't know. Are they going to have him on wing? Like, what position is he going to play at the next level? I really like Cade. I think he has a chance to be a transcendent type player. But the reason I think Suggs is going to translate right away over him is because Suggs can play way better defense than Cunningham can. Cunningham can make the open jump shot, hit the step back, see over the double, everything. Suggs will pass first, get people involved, and play defense. So because of those three things, he is going to be the rookie out of those three that make the highest impact. I Like I said, Kate Cunningham, transcendent player, but he doesn't play defense as well as Suggs. That's why I'm saying Suggs is going to be the better player. Yeah, does Suggs shoot as good? No, no, fucking Cunningham shoots way better. But basketball is a, you got to play both sides of the court. You can't just stay down on the offensive end. And that's why Suggs is going to be that guy. And he's a great leader too. I mean, he's going to have a hell of a career. Now, let's jump into this final game here. National Championship, Baylor, Gonzaga, two teams before Gonzaga had all their COVID issues that looked on a collision course to play in this game and on this stage. And they did. Baylor got the ship right. They're playing defense. They're shooting. They're playing like the Baylor team that did before all the COVID shit. So my thoughts about this is this game against UCLA was the first time that the Zags had really been pushed all year. And they delivered in clutch situations. They were able to handle the scoreboard pressure. Which, if you listen to me on my podcast or me on the Gino Bacala podcast on last week, that's what I said. You have to create scoreboard pressure with them and see how they handle it. And they handled it. Most of them handled it. Timmy handled it. Suggs handled it. But that's what you need. You need those two guys, your main guys, to handle it. But after you play a game like that, after you have that big emotional win, is there going to be an emotional letdown? Or, since they are pushed for the first time, is that going to carry over? I'm going to go with the emotional letdown carrying over. I think Baylor is going to come out a little flat. Excuse me, not Baylor. I think Gonzaga is going to come out a little flat in this game because of the emotional letdown that they just had in beating UCLA. Now, Baylor can score. They can get up and down. Gonzaga is not as good defensively as Houston or anywhere near Arizona. Not Arizona, Arkansas. So... I really think Baylor's going to be able to score on these these Gonzaga team and score at will. So now it comes down to, are they going to be able to make shots? Because the only games they've lost this year is when they couldn't hit the broad side of the barn right after they came back from COVID-19. Do I think that's going to happen? No, I don't think that's going to happen. 
I think Baylor, who's the best shooting three-point team in the country, is going to be able to make open three-pointers and contested three-pointers. I think their defense is going to be able to generate three points. I think they're going to get up and down the court. Mitchell is going to be able to contain Suggs, keep Suggs in check. Kierspork, he missed a lot of shots and wide-open shots as that. You take away that driving dunk, what really game-changing play do you have? He missed a lot of wide-open looks, missed, I believe, a crucial three-throw in that game. Which brings me to Timmy. And I really think Baylor's going to use the same idea that UCLA did. Make Timmy defend the pick-and-roll, draw him out, and get him in foul trouble. And I think that's what Baylor's going to do. I think that's Baylor's blueprint to win. I was able to lock in Baylor plus the five right after the game finished. I'm a little bit upset because during the game... It was Baylor plus six and a half, but once the game played out like it did, the sports books took it out. So it opened up at five. Now it's down to four and a half. But I really think with Baylor's defense, with their shooting, Mitchell containing Suggs, Kiersport not being able to make an open shot, I really think that Baylor's going to be able to cover, and I think they're going to straight up win. So. I got Baylor plus the five. Didn't lay the money line yet. Money line's a little too low for my liking. And, you know, I love playing those first half unders, guys. I may have a bet on the first half under. But right now, it's just Baylor plus the five. So that's my preview for the men's game that's going to happen tonight. Now, let me jump in. Let me give you the thoughts of the women's national championship game. In a heartbreaking game. For my Arizona Wildcats plus 360 money line bet. Stafford Cardinals held on 54-53, won the title. I mean, this game, Stafford started out great. Arizona, a little bit deer in headlights, got down. My girl, Ari McDonald, who's a stud. I mean, this girl can flat out play electric with the ball. Um, she was really struggling with the height of the Stafford team. Stat. Arizona made a run. They're up by one, I think, 22-21. And then Stanford went on a run, 11-0 run. And the Arizona coach sat on timeouts. And this is the thing I always bitch about college coaches. These guys sit on timeouts. Well, you got to manage momentum. You can't let your team get too far behind. And that's fine. She, you know, she sat on a timeout. She had two. She took one at the end of the game. But it was obvious that after timeout play, where they had a shot to win it, wasn't going anywhere. Why the fuck don't you take your timeout you fucking sat on your ass for? If you're going to sit on your ass and have a timeout, then use the motherfucking timeout. It makes zero fucking sense. And these college coaches, men and women, do it all the time. They finish the game with timeouts. If you're going to sit on a timeout, use it to the end of the game, fucking use it. Because that after timeout play wasn't going anywhere for the fucking Wildcats. Take a timeout, redesign it, start from scratch. And for as bad as that shot was, that shot almost went in. I mean, it was a crazy game. Arizona just didn't have enough size. Stafford had a lot of size. And that girl, Jones from Stafford, she's like the big easy, man. Cool, calm, collective. Nothing really rattles her. I mean, she she's legit. She's going to play at the next level. McDowell, I mean, her size is a little worrisome. I don't really know if she has the height to play at the next level, but someone will probably give her a look. 
But overall, great game. I mean, we lost plus five and a half for the first half. Won the under for the first half. Won Arizona plus the nine for the game, but unfortunately we lost Arizona money line. And we had two little tight um, parlays tied into Baylor. So it was a unfortunately a negative ROI with this women's game for me and my boys. So minus 1.44 U ROI yesterday, 6.56 positive ROI U for the women's tournament. And I'll be honest, we bet one elite eight game, and then we just bet the final four. So we really didn't lock in it to it toward the end. Always a fun tournament. I mean, these women, I mean, the game is great. I mean, either way, if you're a basketball head and you're not watching this, what the hell are you doing? I always look forward to this weekend, Friday, women's final four, Saturday men, Women's Championship, Men's Championship. Great little four-day stretch of basketball. Looking forward to the game tonight. Again, we're on Baylor plus the five. Probably will sprinkle a little bit on the money line. We'll also probably look to get involved in a total, have it be first half or second half total, but nothing is that. Guys, thanks for tuning in. If you have any questions about bets, want to become part of the team, feel free to hit me up. We've had a great start to the MLB season. We are 7-2 and two with... Plus 16.35 UROI. And for those that are asking, I hit one parlay for one U. Everything else has been a dog risking to U. That's how I do it. Don't pay anything over north of minus 125. So I'm really key on trying to find those numbers. I'm not a chalk better. If you're looking for a chalk better, I'm not your guy. In terms of next podcast, I will definitely be on the Gino Bacallo show this Thursday talking a little NBA like I always am. This Saturday, Brando's supposed to be coming on. We're supposed to be talking NASCAR. But I get COVID round two on Friday. My buddy who played in the NFL told me after he got shot two, he felt like he went nine with Tyson. So I'm really not looking forward to that, guys. But we'll see what's up. Until then, be safe, be well, and I'll talk to you guys hopefully on Saturday.